Welcome to the Innovation Today podcast, where we speak with today's technology leaders about how they're innovating to stay ahead of changing industry dynamics and reaching new levels of productivity and automation. Brought to you by ServiceNow, your partner in digital transformation. Well, thank you today for joining us on another Innovation Today podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Biemeller. I'm an innovation officer here at ServiceNow. And today, I'm super energized to welcome Ben Bendre, an associate partner with the Global Center of Competency for Telcom, Media, and Entertainment at IBM. Welcome, Ben. Thank you, Spencer. Thanks for having me. I look forward to our conversation. Likewise, good sir. So today, we're going to dive into all the ins and outs of, of order management and actually the unique challenges that companies that you consult with, Ben, are facing because of or as, as part of order management. First, why don't you let us know a little bit about yourself and how you found yourself in this field and maybe what excites you about it? Absolutely. So, uh, as you said, I'm part of IBM's Global Center of Competency for Telecom and Media. So, essentially, my role is to drive um, IBM and ServiceNow efforts for digital transformation for our telecom and media clients. So I lead our efforts in terms of everything that typically in telecom world, we call BSS and OSS transformations. That basically stands for business service systems and operational service systems, just fancy words to basically describe how telecom companies make their sausage, which is behind the scenes how do they serve their customers, how they uh, take your orders, how they build the customers, everything that they need in order to run their business. So, so that's basically my role in brief. And as part of that effort, I essentially work with our global customers in uh, solving their order management business challenges. And, and that's really you know what uh, uh, excites me in the sense that with all you know the journey to cloud, which is what we have seen for all of the companies, it's somewhat different for telecom companies. And, and that difference is for telecom companies are not just moving to cloud, it's their products are also evolving. The network is evolving. Everything they do is evolving to cloud, not just their applications. So that makes it for a very complex challenge and that's really, you know, uh, what uh, has basically opened up a whole new opportunity for us to talk about service order management as a space. Yeah, I mean, and not to mention that they have, you know, decades of legacy infrastructure that they're trying to now blend with this new hybrid world of of this new cloud infrastructure. So that's that in and of itself is a is a complex issue to try and stay agile with. The, the legacy stuff out there as this as the new cutting edge technology is is kind of biting at its heels. Now, from from an order management standpoint, I know this is kind of your areas of extra expertise. So, so uh, you know, a lot of customers can get kind of stressed around order management and all the different pieces that it involves. What do you think are are some of those stressors? What are the industry's biggest challenges challenges that you're hearing in the order management space specifically? Well, sure, that's a fair question. So I, th I think we can talk about these industry challenges for service providers in broadly three categories. The first major challenge that they face 
It's just that they're all under tremendous pressure to bring new products and services to market very quickly just to outpace the competition because uh, there is an order of magnitude difference in legacy application transformations and cloud transformations and digital applications so there is a they're all under the gun to get to market very quickly that that's an internal issue for them external issue the second challenge for them is all of their customers who basically uh, have had a major transformation themselves have increased expectation from these service providers of a quality and how they deliver and you know provide those services so uh, their best service experience from let's say amazon or starbucks becomes the same quality of experience from their telecom service providers so that increased expectation is another major challenge for these uh, our customers and then the third challenge that you kind of alluded to is this hybrid telecom network so this migration of terrestrial networks to virtual networks or uh, it networks is not you know instant it essentially is a gradual migration so you have what we call hybrid networks the network that has legacy network piece which is terrestrial network and they also have a more modern cloud based it network so the new hybrid products use the new cloud products which ride on top of the legacy access networks and terrestrial networks so it's basically that stuff adds increased complexity and increased cost to their operations basically and that's the third challenge that uh, these providers are dealing with i think that's you know what i would sum up as the summary of major challenges all telecom and media service providers have yeah those are those are huge ones i mean the the, the internal one from the pressures to meet these this new product pipeline and this increased velocity that keeps them differentiated in the market from other telco providers the more external facing one of this increased customer expectation at at, uh, at ServiceNow, we kind of call it consumerization of the enterprise, right? We, we go home on our devices and we're so used to seamless experiences, yet when we walk in through the doors of our of our corporate worlds or sometimes when we're talking in, in the technology space of larger organizations, it feels like we've stepped back, you know, 10 years in time. And then the third one, which I would say is maybe a, a hybrid of both of internal and external with with also this hybrid notion of the telco networks and, and, and migration into virtual networks and trying to support the both. So when you think about order management and you think about modeling these products, what, how do these challenges unfold and how do we think about maybe going to solve them? So I think I mean, one of the major challenges has always been with telecom companies is that their all product applications have been in a silos. So you know evolution of their product line what they did and this is a tier one tier two all providers service providers have the same issue that every time a new product came along whether it was wireless whether it was enterprise b2b networking or b2c networks or satellite no matter what the networking product was they built an application platform to take care of that product. So eventually, we are all at a point now where they have 
13 different flavors of order management stacks. And now at the end of this, when someone says, I want you to design a product like SD-WAN or what, you know, the other more recent, uh, what we call a SASE product, which is secure access, secure edge product. So these are not brand new products. These products basically make use of every single product that came before these products, which is a unique thing that has never happened before. So I can, uh, you know, come up with a SASE product, but at the access level, it's going to use the old fiber network that I released seven years ago or 10 years ago. So the stacks basically, which are in these silos, limit the visibility of what I am providing, the what I am provisioning, what I am you know, uh, providing service for. So that's a major challenge for them. And the other thing is all of these fragmented application stacks also mean my data is all over the place. My data is sitting in these 17 different application stacks. So guess what it drives? It drives high fallout rates. It drives high manual work. So those are all things that impact deliver essentially the client delivery quality and it impacts client expectations. So if I have, for example, a B2B order that where I need to provision, uh, you know, 50 different locations and a corporate B2B network, unless I keep track of all of this stuff in one single place, it's impossible to meet the deadline and the client expectation and the promise date uh, to, on time, and, and that basically causes huge impact to their future business and so on and so forth. So those are the types of uh, product challenges they have. And therefore, I think what uh, the industry was lacking is a, more of a, a drag and drop product development tool, which allows me to model all of the legacy products and the bundles product. So the bundling became a not a luxury, but a necessity. So I should be able to bundle all my previous products into my new product offering. And that's where that product challenge, basically the product modeling challenge uh, was something that uh, needed a solution. Yeah, so a couple of things there. When you're thinking about one of those points you hit on earlier on the pressures to bring new products to market extremely quickly. And you have these 17 different silos to use your example of developing, you know, wireless in one and B2B in another and satellite in another. It's, it's almost impossible to try and bring a new market, a, a new item to market quickly if you're having it live in those different silos. So it, that, that kills your ability to be differentiating in the space if you didn't start to structure around or you didn't start to workflow around it. So if I, if I think of extrapolating that a little bit and kind of go down the route of, well, now that now that we can start to put it in one place or at least start to orchestrate it from one place to structure this around, what, where, do we, where do we think about, quote unquote, workflowing these types of designs? How do we think about solving these problems where we can start to package it in a way that we can use these re- reusable packets or these reusable orders that we've created over you know, decades of history and be able to iterate on them for new products going forward so where I don't have to completely make it in a new silo. How do I think about workflow in that? Or how would a company think about workflow in that? So I think that goes to the heart of uh, what uh, multi-domain service orchestration means. I mean, so there is a term in telco that we use called 
MDSO, which is multi-domain service orchestration. So all this while, it has always been a theory to kind of, you know, uh, put some manual processes together, put a workflow platform together, some workflow automation platform together. So it was uh, put together with a bunch of, you know, banded solutions. But where the system is now, like the platforms are evolving to, is how do I take the service order management domain and essentially not just orchestrate that order across multiple product lines, but also orchestrate it across my multiple third-party partners. So SASE, as an example, I need to support a security vendor as part of that SASE. I need to support Microsoft as part of a security and collaboration suite uh, again, as part of that offering. So there is essentially a need for me to have what we call workflow of workflows, which is really what, uh, you know, a platform like ServiceNow, I think uh, the strengths basically are you know, targeted at that need, which has been an unmet need so far, which is where, uh, so you can look at the service order management field as a twin brother of basically multi-domain service orchestration. So these two work hand in hand to deliver these complex orders behind the scenes. And, and that's where, uh, you know, uh, the complexity is. That's where uh, your orders need to be uh, manually retouched. If you don't have a proper uniform across the enterprise, a single workflow platform or automation platform, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that that term of workflow of workflows. Now it's 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 tricky because we've kind of turned workflow almost into a, a verb at at ServiceNow, and I think it still can kind of mean a a lot to the different audience that you're talking about. So when you think about workflowing in telco specifically, where where is kind of a good place to 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 start that workflow? Where's a, where's a good place to start thinking about how I can wrap my head around these different silos that I've created in the past to then digitize them and a, a structure a workflow around them for my present day and going forward? So one, no, that, that's a great question because that's the most underestimated area of effort in all of these telecom digital transformation projects. And that is you have to think of your sales and marketing front ends. It could be any number of systems where the more simple or a customer facing definition of order lives. And it's a commercial definition of an order. What you have to then rely on is some sort of an industry standardization. So one of the things that came along was the TMF, which is basically our telemanagement forum, which is an industry body that standardize the definition of what we call open APIs. So there is a standard way of taking an order. So there is a commercial order, which is basically what we call a sales order, but then a platform like ServiceNow, a platform that basically really deals with the complexity of these orders, needs to then take that order and parse it into its component parts and work with different systems and work with different partners and providers to fulfill that order. So all of that complexity is where these standardized open API definitions. So if all the players in the marketplace kind of, you know, and, and that's what one of the things ServiceNow has done really well 
is that they have started supporting all of these open APIs, and they're you know they have all these numerical names: TMF six twenty two, TMF six thirty nine, six forty one, and these names mean something very specific uh, to industry people in the sense one of them is a product API, another is an order API, the third one is more of a service inventory management API, and so on and so forth. Because the main thing you have to do and kind of worry about in this order management is it's not enough for me to take a first new order. The teleco, it turns into an asset, right? Once you order something as a network, it turns into an asset. And then over the next X number of years, you are going to keep coming back and change that service. You are going to bump up the speed of a port. You are going to add features. You are going to remove features, add a new location. So while you do all of that, these are all new orders, basically. So I have to have an excellent workflow platform that has visibility end-to-end to service inventory or a service profile, which is basically the installed asset of that network. And that's where I think you know all of these efforts are concentrated. ServiceNow has done a really decent job of giving us visibility to the backend provisioning and asset management systems. And that's where you will see all of the change orders, what we call in-flight orders, change orders. Traditionally, they used to be called MACDs, move, add, change, and delete orders. That's what MACD stands for. And, uh, you know, so that that's what so I'm just kind of describing basically how the, you know, service order management sausage is made behind the scenes. But it it is impossible with all of this complexity to do it manually. And that's hence, you know, that's what is forcing this automation of digital order management, service management, and service orchestration efforts. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, I, I think it's good to actually understand the, the, the background behind it. For, I mean, given the variance of, of maybe expertise in the audience, some may have the understanding of the, the TMF, the tele, Telemanagement Forum, and how those open, open API standards have worked in the past, but maybe some are new to it. So it's, it's nice to start to understand how that then for lack of a better term, starts to bleed into this the software of today and we can start to wrap some structure around it and customers can start to think about how we can uh, and, and have how we can start to publish with some of those open APIs into a product to standardize around it and then generalize or, or, or deal with those little nuances of the, the changes of those packages and those orders as they get pushed out into into the industry. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, one uh, point I may make is, uh, you know, just last month, there was a really good uh, demonstration of how different players can come together and showcase a solution. So just last month, the TMF forum, they have their uh, digital transformation world event. And what uh, IBM and ServiceNow and SAP did with one of our uh, really marquee tier one clients, uh, which is Deutsche Telekom, is we basically built an entire platform to showcase how SD-WAN ordering uh, works together uh, for uh, Deutsche Telekom's customers. So IBM along with ServiceNow and SAP was able to showcase this platform, to showcase to the customers, especially enterprise customers, as to how these complexities work and how a complex product like SD-WAN can be ordered and provisioned in an orderly fashion and in a predictable fashion. 
Yeah, that's a useful one. Do you, do you know where where cuts where anybody listening might be able to find out more on that, or do you have maybe a snippet that they could they could plug in to to learn more on that specific use case? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm sure our uh, audience can look at uh, uh, TMF's uh, uh, digital transformation world and their uh, you know uh, assets and the sessions and what these are basically what are called catalyst projects. So as one of the innovation vehicles, what TMF does is they sponsor and propose these catalyst projects. And this was one of the catalyst projects. So if you look for TMF catalyst projects with these keywords, you should be able to find that online. But that's basically one of the you know really good examples of how complex order service order management is made possible by coming together of partners like IBM and ServiceNow and SAP. Right, and standardizing over open open APIs where they can get a, a, a jump start on the starting templates at least. Yeah, that's that's useful. I mean, I think examples are always pivotal to, to begin to start to kind of dissolve away maybe how complex some of this stuff can be by learning by example on on who's done it well out there, who's who's leading by who's leading the charge in this in those spaces. Now, as, as we think about. Uh, just just a slight pivot here, but as we start to think about this industry in in maybe more macroeconomic standards, and I th- I think about where telco is evolving into, and it, we we can't help but think about five G, right? There, there's no way that we can start to think about you know, and then where this where maybe six G is going, and how we're we're starting to kind of cross distribute and slice these things up across the world. How do we start to think about some of these terms and in, in, or how can you boil these down for some of the listeners out there to make it a little bit easier to digest on on what 5G looks like and how telcos are thinking about it? So I think to address that, I mean, one of the things that 5G has done, uh, which is a paradigm shift from before, is uh, you know the feature that you are referring to, which is called 5G network slicing. This was something that we were constrained uh, earlier in the sense there was a network, there was a physical network and everybody got to use that and it was constrained by its physical properties of how much data it could carry. What has changed though for I mean, our audience's uh, kind of uh, introduction to 5G slicing is that just like with the advent of cloud and virtualization of IT networks, the network also has been virtualized where the virtual definition of network is completely dependent on the type of use you are going to put that network to, uh, i.e. use case. So the 5G has brought in this new concept of network slicing because not every network use is the same uh, criticality or mission critical application, so on and so forth, right? So you and I are watching uh, World Cup football basically on a mobile uh, uh, you know, a phone, that would be what we call the EMBB or enhanced mobile use case. But also there will be another use of that network where I need ultra low latency, critical mission, critical, you know, life and death, healthcare network data or the, you know, uh, autonomous vehicle navigation data, which uh, cannot have, you know, so there are these ultra low latency requirements. And also, there is another slice definition where I have this massive uh, uh, IoT network where there is no human 
but I'm basically running an operational manufacturing plant or connecting my multiple plants together, so on and so forth. So for each of these use cases uh, or for transportation, logistics, and so on and so forth, what this 5G slicing is simply means is that I can carve out a complete definition of a network and its quality of service parameters, which means the speed of the network, its uh, you know uptime, it's all of its basically uh, the, the performance criteria unique to that use case and you pay for that use case by the criticality of that application, by the usage of that application. So that is really, you know, you wouldn't pay the same amount for your monthly mobile subscription fee uh, to what a customer in a healthcare would be expected to pay, uh, you know, for a very mission critical uh, nine, five nines application, etc. So then everyone has different tolerance for reliability and scalability of these applications. So what 5G has made basically possible is this network slicing where the network slice essentially is defined for that criticality of the use case. And that's really what plays, uh, you know, really into what the topic that we have been discussing, which is service order management. So the service order, according to those multiple use cases we just talked about, is going to be of different varying complexities, number of partners, number of third parties in each of those transactions and number of endpoints in each of those use cases is going to be vastly different. Uh, it's one-on-one -on -one in some cases and it's one to a few thousand endpoints in another use case. So that's really what uh, you know the promise of 5G slicing is and uh, its implications on uh, how, to, how it will impact uh, all of our future going forward. Yeah, I got to imagine this is huge. And, and telcos, I got to be extremely excited about this because it, it unlocks a, a whole new revenue stream for them. I mean, on, on top of a, an industry that has mainly been speeds and feeds for, like you said earlier, what the network has been able to provide. Now we can actually structure it and package it in such a way that, yeah, we know that the network is, is fluid and big enough for us to be able to handle a multitude of levels of service. What type? Here's your base level of service for your 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 general streaming and your you know your general uh, consumption of digital data. But if you need that high level of of access to uh, low latency and extremely quick download times, then you can burst up into those areas. You can start to package those in new areas to say I, I want to 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 pay for that for a specific portion of uh, of my line of business that that is is dire need for those type of speeds and feeds. Absolutely, absolutely. That, that, that is what uh, the, the new revenue streams that you talked about. I mean, that is the huge opportunity for industrial automation, for the edge networks, for uh, just the, you know, where um, all of this is taking us is really utilizing and putting the network in, uh, you know, I mean, one of the examples I'll give you is fixed 5G wireless. So, we are no longer dependent on uh, you know having the full networking at a remote site we can have now islands of 5g fixed wireless for just let's say five locations that a company has let's say a company has five uh, manufacturing locations and they need to talk to each other i can have a 5g fixed wireless access just between those five locations and not have to depend 
on the broader networking access. And that really changes the game because what you are essentially doing is now adding my uh, order uh, fulfillment time, my automation uh, scenarios into a very predictable uh, outcome where I can now say, uh, I can promise my customer that that product will be there in time. My order will be completed in time. So there are, I think, those types of, uh, you know, additional and, and with the integration of software and all of the edge and the end uh, uh, IOTs and small devices, you are able to basically monitor a lot of these activities and proactively and reactively do something about them. And, and that has been one of the things uh, that, that really has, uh, you know, uh, as you know, we always talk about these two uh, uh, pillars in service uh, you know, telecom industry. One is called service delivery, which is all of the order delivery pieces where I take the order and deliver it. And then we have this whole other stack, which is called service assurance stack, which is just making sure that service keeps running. Uh, if there is a network fault, I you know automatically raise a ticket and solve that before the client customer sees the network problem and so on and so forth. So traditionally all these you know these two stacks have always been independent and what really is changing now with service now's uh, common data model and common services data model is that the customer the telecom companies have started to think about all of this as a single end-to-end platform which is what is really uh, you know opening up new revenue opportunities and possibilities to make these scenarios more real which is pretty exciting because we haven't been able to combine those two in the past. I mean, service delivery and service assurance have almost lived in their own islands or silos of the organization. And now you're allowing, now we're seeing platforms that allow that blend for those two to start to talk together and piece together what that means from a customer experience standpoint is just, you know, next level from, from something that they haven't been able to experience before. Absolutely. I mean, all the previous uh, generations of these have been mainly, you know, uh, brought together at the integration level. I mean, you can think of these as multiple, you know, these were just multiple integration points. But what is changing now is uh, the vendor like ServiceNow is thinking of this as a single services data model, which allows uh, a customer and all of the services they have bought a single end-to-end visibility from the sales to order delivery and to provisioning and servicing of those products. That's really what is, uh, you know, making this possible. Where do you think automation plays in this? So automation really, uh, you know, is a big factor driving these scenarios, mainly because of number of endpoints has made it so complex that there is no manual intervention possible. Uh, I mean, think of number of mobile devices that connect to, like we are talking about millions of devices. Uh, the same thing with, uh, uh, you know, uh, either you, you take any industry, a construction industry, automation, and anyone who uses network to, uh, you know, do their day-to-day jobs. All of the automation, if it wasn't possible, making manual, you know, uh, processes, making manual connections between all of these I think we are at a point in our evolution where any manual uh, touch point essentially adds to the the, uh, 
bottlenecks that that process has. So as many of scenarios as possible, uh, because you know it has direct impact on customer expectation. It has direct impact on your quality of experience. So especially because the network has evolved, the processes to troubleshoot the network, the processes to service the network also have to evolve and the processes to deliver the network also have to evolve. And that's where automation plays the central core role in moving this forward. Yeah, there's just no way to do it without it. I mean, the, the, the sheer breadth of number of connected devices, not to mention the huge tidal wave of IoT that devices that will eventually be on the network too. If, if humans are, are not leveraging any type of automation to, to try and manage that type of growth and pure volume, then it, it's just going to be left behind or we're going to be left behind. So you have to have an automation strategy in this key piece too. Well, that, that's super helpful, Ben. And I'd like to kind of bring us to a bit of a close on, we've talked about a fair amount of, of futuristics and I, I love to kind of think philosophically on where we can start to, where this industry can start to go. I think we've hit on a few of them here. On top of that, where, you know, rather than so far out on where maybe we see this going, where can customers start? Like what's the next best action to to take us down this route of combining service delivery and service assurance? Or what's the next best action that a telco provider might be able to, to start to tie into with regards to digitizing their, their workforce, for example? What's your viewpoint there? Well, see, that's an excellent question. And I think the best way I could answer that is um, just talk about what we see in the marketplace and what future is kind of, you know, that we see in trends in terms of um, where the telcos go from here. So one of the uh, trends that is very prominent where this goes is uh, all kinds of marketplaces. So I'm just going to use this to you know, call that term uh, marketplace, but it's really different flavors of marketplaces. So we are talking about B2B marketplaces, B2C marketplaces, partner marketplaces, third-party marketplaces. And what I mean by that is um, a completely automated version of basically uh, integrating and bringing the customers and the consumers of the products and services with the providers and uh, the bundled products and services that they sell on their platforms. So again, as I said, service order management is at the heart of this automation and this journey. But what most telecoms uh, are beginning to look at are building their own marketplace or being part of a digital marketplace where it's a plug and play. So every single telecom provider is uh, beginning to look at uh, a future marketplace where uh, they can very quickly order and provision. For example, if I order, let's say, a new service. As part of that new service, I have to provision virtual services. I have to provision uh, databases. I have to provision servers behind the scenes. And all of that essentially um, uh, it, it's something that uh, allows for these products and services to be uh, digitally ordered, to be automatically ordered based on some triggers, or obviously you have a choice of going there and putting these products together the old-fashioned way. But essentially you have to allow for 
onboarding of partners like for example one of the key kpis these marketplaces look for is how quickly can i onboard a completely new partner or a completely new product in less than 48 hours it used to take months typically for people to onboard a new product or a partner and to put their product and pricing uh, in, as part of their offering but the marketplaces and the digital service order management platforms are making this possible so the whole partner marketplace is a new trend that we are seeing very prominently in the you know the market and then the other way that telecoms can think of in future of these capabilities is uh, to increase the utilization of their network to increase the utilization of their products think of monetizing each and every capability that they use themselves which is not just sell product and services but they also have as an example order management that can be sold as a service the way they build their customers which is the usage based products or flat rate based products a lot of companies that are startups do not have the capacity or the you know funding to build these platforms so they would really look for and welcome a telecom service provider's capability which they can use as a uh, uh, you know plug and play component which is billing management which is revenue management invoice management service management so essentially you are talking about what you know taking every component of telecoms their own landscape and monetizing it independent so you are really talking about a component business model each of my business component becomes a monetizable service and product to my customers and that is yet another revenue stream yet another way where my network utilization can be increased yeah that's exciting it's, i almost think of like what shopify did for the consumer space of how to how to brand a marketplace for your own website it was components of reusable things that they say well there's a lot of different or there's a lot of similarities between online marketplaces telco could do the same thing for how they might offer those services to their customers almost standardized telco as a service or standardized packages as the service no no you hit the nail on the head it's the, it's basically the shopify of uh, telecom service uh, and products so yeah, no absolutely that is what uh, we see as a trend uh, in future lovely well ben this has been an absolute pleasure it's it's clear you know your stuff in this space and i i've loved going back and forth on you to to kind of see inside your brain and see inside this industry to understand it a little bit better where can some of the listeners go to learn more about what you're doing what ibm's doing and and what we're collaboratively doing with service now so we have basically on our uh, uh, joint uh, alliance websites of ibm and service now we have put together a fair amount of literature and offering description of what this offer is what these products are uh, there are plenty of those materials available as part of our joint uh, offerings and uh, and again thank you for having me i have really enjoyed uh, our conversation and sharing my experiences so thanks for having me again then it's been a pleasure thanks so much i'm spencer beemler again signing off from the innovation today podcast if you like what you heard today subscribe and we'll keep it rolling thanks so much